Welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. My name is Chris Scott. I'm Atish. And we're here to talk about the business side of creative things and stuff. And stuff. And stuff. So yeah, so I'm a, I'm a filmmaker here in Southern Arizona. And there's something that we never really talk about being a filmmaker, just being a creative, and that's business. That's... You know, we talk about budgets and stuff, but never how to like market yourself. Right. How to get new clients, how to find investors, how to do all this other fun stuff. And I just thought this would be a great opportunity to figure that out. And we're here with a Tish. Yeah. And I mean, that's precisely what I'm trying to do myself, although in a kind of different uh, approach or a different medium. Uh, but that's kind of the thing that I'm trying to specialize in, specifically business optimization, looking into how can you better connect yourself with prospective clients how can you better um, market your materials or your content or anything like that how can you make your stuff more approachable how can you allocate more money that sort of thing right so that's how we came up with this awesome title for a podcast i was really worried in the beginning there when you just said the the first part of it i thought you were gonna like we were gonna do this alternating thing where like you're saying one word and i'm saying another word so it's like we're doing like a 90s uh voicemail uh, we're going to do a jingle first, oh, and then we'll do a 90s voicemail. Right. Actually, it wouldn't be voicemail. It would be tape machine? No. Phone machine. Yeah, what did they call it? Phone, phone machine? Goodness. No, it wasn't called a phone. I uh, think it was answering called Answering machine. A... Answering machine. Answering machine. Although, how's that different than voicemail? Those... It's an actual machine with a tape on it. Right. I know that, but but the 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 concept is the same. It's exactly the same, but one is digitally on some server somewhere that someone can hack. And share with all your friends and family to embarrass mm. you and ruin your life. Yeah. Whereas a tape machine, you can break into someone's house and erase, rewind the tape a little bit. Yeah. And you save your life right there. Yeah, I've definitely left some weird voicemails. We all have. I specifically remember it, the December of 2014. I think I got really drunk and called my ex-girlfriend. Oh, man. Yeah. Off topic. Off topic. So... Speaking of ex-girlfriends, I made a movie two years ago, and it's a rom-com, and I want to upload it to iTunes and sell it. Right. So how would I do that? Like, how, what, what are some steps that I should take to do that is what I've been thinking about a lot lately. In order to, I, I presume you're not talking about in order to upload it to iTunes because that part you already have handled. Right. I mean, that's just... That's a, that's a little deal that you just Google a little bit. You, you know how to Yeah, that's that dotting your I's yeah. and crossing your T's. But getting it, something to sell effectively is, uh, is mercurial, and uh, it's, it's a difficult thing to pin down. It's definitely not something you can read a book on and then know how to do it. I mean, it probably wouldn't hurt, but I don't right. think that that's something that um, straightforward. Um, in terms of selling your movie, I, I think that there's a whole lot of uh, – well, that's the thing is like, that's what we're trying to figure out is I have this movie and it's going to be on iTunes and however long that takes. And I've already done some math that I think was important to figure out how many movie copies I need to sell to, right. to having, break. having a goal is always good. Yeah. And my goal is to, to break even because I feel like not a lot of people break even. No, but not. if I can achieve that goal in X amount of months, anything after that is going to be profit. Right. Phase three profit. Right. So phase one is I made a movie. Phase two is what we're going to figure out. Right. Today. 
Okay. So I didn't spend a lot of money on my movie. So if I sell my movie on iTunes at nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. I would have to sell uh, a little less than two thousand digital downloads to break even. To break even. So that's the sweet spot. Two thousand. Wait, you spent twenty thousand dollars making this movie? So you don't get all the money from iTunes. You only get seventy percent of each oh, sale. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Right. That that makes sense. Okay. So there's a fee to upload <laughs> to all these platforms. Right. Yeah. Of course. They, there they is. all charge you a fee, and it's all expensive. It's like fifteen hundred bucks, sixteen hundred bucks. I don't remember the exact number. Yeah. But just to get it up on iTunes, it's that. It's I think it's a transcoding fee, mm-hmm. and then they take thirty percent of each sale. Okay. Interesting. So. All right. Well. I think we all see um, how big Hollywood movies sell their stuff, and it becomes uh, it becomes c- kind of like problematic in that you can't do a one to one breakdown for something that we're doing locally or something that we're going to be selling on iTunes. I mean, for instance, I think if you take a look at the movie Suicide Squad, which in my opinion was terrible right uh that whole thing was just sold on the people who were in it itself well yeah i mean that's how hollywood makes almost all of their money right with stars with names exactly with talent so the challenge but also the wonderful thing about this is that you know you kind of have to be able to do this a little bit more uh sophisticated or kind of with a little bit more finesse it's going to require effort and a little bit of talent but not entirely something that you can't do or something that you can't do well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of made a, um, a kind of outline for how I saw your, uh, how I saw your marketing plan for this movie to go, because we need to have first and foremost, a firm release date, because what that does is it gives us a timeline with which we have to work to make this at the forefront of people's attention. Right. You know, it has to be something that's out there just like anything else in your normal daily routine where it's like, all right, you know, I wake up in the morning and, you know, I have to immediately drink some water because for some reason I dehydrate really heavily and then I go do some other things. Sleeping is strenuous. Say again? Yeah, strenuous sleeper. Oh, yeah, I'm a strenuous sleeper. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I inevitably check my phone. And I like scroll through all my different feeds from the past, you know, because while I was sleeping, things were occurring. And I'm pretty sure that's something that's happening across the board. Well, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure by the time someone gets their first cup of morning coffee, they've already looked through everything. That they, you know, they've double tapped everything. Right. They're all caught up from what happened overnight. Right. That they, they missed out on. Exactly. And I think that happens uh, throughout the day. For most of the people who work regular nine to fives, I think that that can be broken down into certain time periods. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh-huh. Um, the point is, first and foremost, you have your firm release date, not only so that it gives us a timeline with which we have to work to get it at the forefront of people's attentions, but it also creates kind of this um, scarcity. Because what we're essentially doing is we have a digital copy of a movie, meaning that it is unlimited. Right. You cannot cap out on this. But what we can do is create scarcity, much in the same way that, I mean, I think a lot of industries do. Parking, for one, for instance, is a way that people create scarcity. I know this is a subject that I get a little crazy on, but it's very true. 
if you make a certain amount of spots near a place right that is reserved for only permits or something like that and then a mile out is free parking you've just created scarcity where once there was none so if we have a release date we can have a time before that with which you can get it at a discounted price and after that date now it's at full price you're essentially creating scarcity not of the movie but you're creating scarcity of this deal okay yeah so let's say pre-sale before the release date right. it's 7.99 exactly and they 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 it goes on sale it's 9.99 precisely so that makes sense it's it's a good way to kind of ramp up that kind of activity or you know People are worried about not getting the best deal. I mean, always. That's why you see people. That's, I think, why online shopping was such a revolution. Because here we have, like, I before online shopping, I would have to go to the store. Here on the price tag, it says it's $200, whatever, you know, this widget or roll-top desk or whatever it is I'm trying to buy. Answering machine. (laughs) Answering machine, right. This uh, original answering machine. Um it's $200, and I just have to take that at face value. The reason why online shopping became such a big deal is because now you can contrast and compare from a myriad of different sources and get yourself the best deal. Yeah, all on your desktop. Right. People are naturally very concerned about that. So you will create scarcity by introducing two different price points or maybe three different price points, maybe a uh, one price point at a presale another price point after and maybe a bundle package deal or something like that along the way. Right. Okay. So that's number one reason why a timeline is important. Number two is what I aforementioned that it gives us time to kind of take multiple different approaches towards marketing, figure out what works really well and maybe what doesn't work and then kind of amplify our efforts on what really works and dis you know, discard the stuff that doesn't. Oh. Um, in that regard, I think that uh, a two-pronged approach uh, is going to be very useful for your specific means here. Two-pronged approach. Yeah. So essentially, um, like I was, I was talking about all the social media, digital, what have you. Um, there are videos playing on everything. All the time. Always. Right. Every screen always has something rolling on it. You scroll through uh, some news article or whatever. There's a video on it. You scroll through your Facebook. Videos autoplay. Right. You are on Instagram. Videos autoplay. Maybe not with sound, but you know, you tap that and you make the sound work, et cetera, et cetera. That is a golden opportunity. Like if you have a 30-second trailer or a minute-long trailer that opens up with something very visually captivating that will draw a lot of attention immediately. And it will it's the easiest, cheapest way to just put something out there because people will watch it. Like that's almost a guarantee now. Uh-huh. We don't want to share i mean we are going to on personal accounts and that sort of thing and on your business accounts on your website put out links and videos but we need to have stuff just peppered throughout different social media and etc websites that just auto plays because then people it'll grab their attention and people who we already know the people who are going to be watching your movie because they like you or they like your movies we already know who those people are right. and we already know they're going to buy your movie we need to expand out a little bit and get the people who maybe would just like keep scrolling but oh shit they saw something and now maybe they're interested uh-huh. so 
that's kind of more the digital approach to this. And it's also really important to have um, some like behind the scenes content or something like that. Okay. Little like featurettes that you can also, because you release your trailer and then you don't want to, you know, another week later release the same trailer. It's already done. The right. The shelf life on this digital kind of information is very, very quick. Uh-huh. People get used to it very fast and they are sick of it by the time the next week rolls around. Um, but having a whole bunch of little featurettes or little things you can, you know, I don't know. And of course, making it clever is the, is the number one. Clever is my middle name. <laughs> I thought danger was your middle name. Uh, on Tuesdays. Right. My mistake. <clears throat> but I think that that's a really important thing. Having something that's not only, uh, captivating, but also interesting, funny, uh, you know, something, some kind of emotional kind of trigger on that will make it immediately relatable and also make it very popular. Um, so you're talking about a digital approach right now, right? This is the the first prong first prong. So the part two right here in your talk is a two prong approach, right? We're going to poke you on the internet and then we're going to poke you somewhere else that we'll talk about in a minute. Right. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I know. And this so a little... the, um, the digital prong, uh, is, is all consists consists of online, Content, videos, pictures. Correct. All sorts of fun stuff. Right. That are related to your product that we're trying to sell here. Okay. Yeah. Just clarifying. I mean, essentially, that's kind of where a lot of people's attentions are anymore. You know, I think there once was a time where if you wanted to sell something, you would take an ad space out on the newspaper. I don't think that's something that happens anymore. Right. I almost took out a, a commercial spot. When we did the screening. Oh, really? I almost paid for commercial time. And it was going to be, it wasn't that expensive uh, to run on X amount of channels for two weeks before the actual screening. It, was, it wasn't that much. I thought it was going to be way more, but it wasn't that much. Yeah. And so I didn't do it because I, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to do it. I didn't have a solid plan, but it's well, still successful screening. And also, I don't think anyone watches TV anymore. Right. Like you watch Netflix, you watch HBO Go, you watch Hulu at, and that's at the most ad filled that I think people do. I don't think people watch TV anymore. Right. Which is weird because there still is a whole lot of content made for TV. So now I. I well, the know. idea was, well, so we made the movie and then everybody's like, when can we see this movie? So we, we planned a screening uh, here in downtown Tucson and to pay for the event, we had to sell tickets. And get people, get butts in the seats. Right. You know? And so the idea was running a commercial spot during the day when, like, stay-at-home moms are watching stuff. Yeah. Maybe they would bring, they would see this family-friendly local film and maybe think it'd be a fun family outing to go to on a Saturday night downtown Tucson. But I never, never, never didn't follow through on that. I think something that needs to be cleared up on this multiple-pronged approach is the demographic, not that you're looking for, but that I think you you unintentionally cater towards. Because when I saw your movie, I see something a little bit different. Right. It's, in my opinion, a very young movie. Um, and I don't mean like it's made for kids, but I mean it's like a 20s. It's definitely a film for 20-year-olds. Okay. It's the jokes, the kind of ideas, the, you know, young love kind of thing. Um, 
and the the vague mysticism in it. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily run ads towards for but you know i mean obviously if we if we had the kind of budget where we can kind of target everyone and just right. kind of put this all out there then i mean absolutely but since we're working on a limited budget here and we don't want to have too large of an overhead we need to kind of be a little bit more targeted with who we're trying to attract all right full disclosure the commercial wasn't my idea it was greg's idea oh and he's he was in the movie oh i know and i think he wanted to pick Times that he knew his mom was watching, so his mom could see him on TV, which is you know adorable. Yeah, but it didn't work out. Well, yeah, it's misguided for your grand success. I think it's that's a great way to get Greg's mom to come. She she showed up. She was very happy. There you go. But I think we we want to focus on people like buying like a large amount of people buying your movie. As opposed to just Greg's mom buying your movie. All right. So at some point, we will have to talk about this online prong. Right. This digital prong. Sure. And how to like focus it towards the proper eyeballs and clicks. Well, I think that in and of itself is already – that is – if you think about it, that's already paring it down. Right. right? Sure. <clears throat> Moms are on you know social media and all that kind of stuff. But – the way that in which you are attracting people, you've already catered yourself one direction. Um, if we shift focus actually to the second prong, this is what I'm talking about where your strength is and, and why I saw this movie maybe a little differently than I think that your marketing campaign for that originally was. And by that, I mean that, that TV commercial idea, right? No offense, Greg, but I think it's a bad, it's a bad idea. Um, I saw something a little bit different. I saw it was young. Um, it was filmed in a lot of very local hip locations, Arbar, Surly Wench, etc. It was very downtown. It's very, you know, urbanite, if you will. If I don't think that even means anything anymore. But that was kind of the idea. That's kind of what came was coming across to me. So the second part to this, I think, is something you did really, really well on the screening of of that movie, of the movie that we are now selling, mm-hmm. which was simply put that you didn't just screen your movie and it's like, all right, we're going to go. It's like when I, uh, when I used to go to movies at the loft and, and not like, I mean like the fun, you know, whatever, but there was like a movie I, I remember I saw once where, um, it was, it was about, it was a documentary about these chimps and that they were completely raised among humans or something like that. So they were kind of like this weird inter or, or maybe they were being taught how to speak English or I forget what the movie was, but basically what it was is like the director comes on, on stage and he's talks about it for a while. Right. And then they play the movie and then everyone goes home. Right. You know what I mean? You actually made like an event. Like we all went down to the Rialto you had a photo booth there, all this kind of stuff. People were milling around. People were buying drinks, that kind of thing. We went inside. Um, you talked for like all of two seconds, I right. think. <laughs> you, were, right. you were very not on stage, but which is both a good thing and a bad thing. I think a long-winded talk about you know whatever is a bad thing, but I think making yourself come across as a person that people want to – and I mean this is kind of more personal marketing, more personal brand development, but it couldn't hurt – People will want to buy shit from you if people like you. That's basically how it works. Right. Okay. Right. So a little more exposure this time around. But then you also, like, as soon as the movie ended, the band played, the band that did all the music for the movie, it was awesome. It was great. Right. 
Well, I've, I've been to a lot of local film screenings. Yeah. And they are all the same. Yeah. It's you show up, someone's like, thanks for coming. Enjoy the movie. And then they do a Q&A afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's always one person asking, uh, what was your... What was the hardest part about making the movie? And then they talk about that for a couple of minutes, and then no one else has a question. Yeah. And then everybody leaves. Yeah. So I didn't want to do a token red carpet. Uh, there was like some weird. Uh, I, the theory was the film was going to make it into a film festival, and I wasn't allowed to use the word premiere. Because as soon as you say the word premiere on like advertising or anything or uh-huh. flyers or anything, uh, film festivals like, oh, we can't premiere your film. Oh, uh, we want your film to be an Arizona premiere or a Tucson premiere, it. I see what or you're a saying. world premiere. We want to give it a, a little extra incentive to play it. Our play festival. it on it. So you just give it a little touch of a different verbiage, and then that changes everything in there. Right. Oh. So we tried to avoid like all the red carpet stuff and make it like a premiere premiere. Right. Yeah. So we we try to make it something fun and exciting well i thought that was a great approach um and here's and that kind of leads me into what i think your approach for marketing and why this timeline is important i think doing something um i think they call this guerrilla marketing but i think that's a really dumb name because it i think it's spelled differently well no not the gorillas in that documentary you watched (laughs) yeah (laughs) um (laughs) yeah no I know. I, I, I just think it's like a really kind of idiotic way to be re- referring to it because it, uh, I don't know, it's it's triggering up this idea that we're trying to like be on the street. And it's like, I don't know, for me, it's making me think of like segments on like um, Jimmy Kimmel and shit like that where oh, they're yeah. like on the street with this guy and he's like holding a mic and stuff. The simple principle that said, that is definitely something that I think will be very successful specifically for your movie and here's why because uh the number one way to ensure that people will want to support your movie or your cd or your whatever is if you make them a part of it the reason why greg cared so much about getting that ad on this certain time or whatever or why he would probably even give some money just to fund your movie is because he was in it right right And obviously we don't want to put people in the movie or we don't want to do whatever. But if we have people feel as though like, oh, yeah, you're helping us out with like getting the, you know, I mean, we're not going to use the word marketing because that's a no-no. Like you don't want to let people know that you're using them as ad space. Okay. But if you make people feel that they're helping your cause or helping your thing and like, oh, you're a part of it and we love your support and, you know, we love whatever, they're going to be willing to do stuff for you whether it be with a dollar amount or whether it be with, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the simplest idea I had is something that you actually had already done. My point was just to refine it, make it more targeted. Optimize it. Fuck yeah. So, um, you had, before uh, you screened the movie, maybe even when you were just got done filming it, I forget. You were walking around with a guy in the mummy costume. The, oh, I don't know. Did you reference that your movie has a mummy in it? No, I did not. Okay, well, there's a mummy in this movie. That's there's the a mummy movie. in the movie. So uh, we did. We attempted a Kickstarter. Yeah. And the Kickstarter failed. But what we did was uh, every local event, every gathering of people here in town, we took a guy dressed up as a mummy to it. Yeah. And we said, hey, we're making a movie. Keep an eye out for it. And 
that's what we did. Hmm. So, I mean, that, that I think part of the reason that that uh, didn't go over as planned is also because it's lacking the one thing that needs to, one of the few things that needs to be there. That firm, hard end date or that. Right. We didn't have a date at all. Yeah. Which is hard to do when you don't have a movie made. Well, yeah. We didn't know when we were shooting. We didn't know a lot of things. It was, everything was kind of open-ended. Yeah. But it, I was also in this like antsy mood where I just didn't want to sit around and wait anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt it was more important to get moving on it. Step, take a step forward. And if all I can do right now is take a guy dressed out as a mummy up out on the town That's to meet some people. Start. I mean, got to start somewhere, right? Uh, absolutely. I think the key here for this time around, and this is, you know, boiling down more into specifics, but it, I, I do think that that's a great idea. Bring the mummy up. But here's the point. It's not to tell people that, oh, we are making a movie. The point is to be like, hey, we're making this movie. Like, take pictures with this guy, whatever. I mean, this is this part is unspoken, of course. Right. But people will naturally want to. Girls take Snapchats all the time with like, Oh my God, Thursday, and like, guess what? I'm with a mommy. Like, you know, whatever. Not literally that, but that's where the puppy face. Yeah, they use those fucking filters or or whatever. But, but, you know, there's, it's constantly, it's less about actually, like, and that's why my, I don't Snapchat at all. Because you hate, you don't look great with the doggy ears. (laughs) Well, that, but it's also like for me, for some reason, it's intrinsically like, oh, I have to be doing something fascinating in order to put it on my story. It has to be something that's universally uh, like interesting. Right. So, you know, I generally don't Snapchat anything at all. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people don't feel that way. They will put what the fuck ever on there. And how many times do you see like, um, and I keep referencing women and I think that that's because people pay more attention to their Snapchats. I think in terms of volume, they take more Snapchats on average than men. Okay. And that's not a s- statistic I'm making up. That's just true. Like just the facts. Well, I mean, it has that, that I think it was one of those straw polls, so I don't think it's a hundred percent accurate, Okay, but it was accurate for a specific region at a specific time. Mm-hmm. So whatever that means to you, the point being is that, you know, there are going to be people who find novelty in the fact that there's a mummy out and around town, especially if we have some targeted hashtags or something like that. It becomes a person that you want to see when you're out because it shows that you're out and that you're like, oh, my God, how crazy is my life? Like, what the fuck is this? You know, whatever. Right, right. And by in doing that, you know, we have some little homegrown speech with these people where we're like, yeah, we have this movie. It's coming out on this date. We're having a release party on this date. Uh-huh. You know, and we can even have like a limited number of invites and we invite them via that or we right. do something like that. We make them feel as though they're an integral part of the process that, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're out here taking pictures, you know, whatever. Just getting the word out on our new movie. It has this date. Um, we're doing a release party on this time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They feel like they're an integral part of the process. They're going to be 10 times more. I mean, don't quote me on the number because that is meaningless. But they're going to be way more likely to want to help you out by buying your movie or by showing up to your event. Or even if it's just tagging your website or tagging your the movie's Instagram or tagging whatever on their thing. I mean, hey, that that gets us more traction with people. Yeah, I mean, on one of the times that we went out with the mummy, we went to this uh, mini Comic Con at the Loft, Uh a local theater house here in Tucson. 
And one of the guys there with the booth there is like, that's awesome. You're walking around with the mummy. Nobody does that. <laughs> and like he immediately donated to the campaign right there on the spot. And we're still friends to this day. Well, there you go. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think you were the one who gave me that article, like a hundred true fans or something like that. I mean, thousand true fans, thousand true fans. Like, of course we would love to get as many people into it as possible. But the reality is, is that if we can get people who really like live and breathe this shit, I mean, that's way more valuable. Right. So, so that's kind of the idea there is if we have an end date where we are going to be releasing this, we have a certain amount of weeks and we know if we need to ramp up based and, and that's the social media gives you kind of this really, um, unrefined way to do your own metrics. We don't need Google metrics or anything like that. We can essentially tell how many people are paying attention to us or not based on how many people are following and liking your pictures. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not a one-to-one ratio and it doesn't exactly track out like that because we have this many followers means we're going to have that many sales. No, of course not. But we can kind of do our own metrics by tracking that. And so we know if we need to double our efforts or if we're doing okay. It's just a good way to kind of get a baseline on how much we're going to sell. Okay. Um, and then obviously I referenced it on, on that speech, but I think that the, uh, release party idea, you came up with that idea is a fantastic one. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I think making it like a very downtown hip young kind of thing is going to be very well-targeted way on doing that. Okay. So this is the second prong that we're talking about right now. Right. Correct. And it's not gorilla prong. I mean, we could call it that if we must, but I, I kind of mean a more public sort of uh, way of marketing. Marketing in a way when, when I, at least in my unrefined perspective, when people talk about marketing, they're talking about putting stickers all over shit. Right. Or they're talking about putting flyers up. Or more often than not now, they're talking about like, okay, we need to get ads up on Facebook or we need to get our own hashtag or whatever. Those are all, of course, very useful and very good ideas as well. But I think it's important to... It's, it's, it doesn't, they don't connect to people. Right. I mean, it's all on a digital platform and there's no real interaction with a person with at all. It's just... It's a thing you can scroll through. It's kind of bizarre. Exactly. And I think, I mean, this is all, now we're getting into stuff that I, um, is less fact and more feelings. Feelings. Mm -hmm. But in general, I think that people are more likely to buy things from you or help you or do whatever for you if they feel a connection with you. And I think that goes to a very ancient tribalism. You know what I mean? I mean, now we're getting into like kind of evolutionary biology, man, let's, let's, let's dive down this road or rather evolutionary psychology, but simply put, I'm going to be way more likely to fund you money or to do something for you. If I feel as though you're a part of my tribe, if we have some kind of actual connection, uh -huh. People throwing just ads up on the internet does not do that for me. No, it at feels all. very corporate, cold. And, yeah, exactly. And calculated, and it's just like, yeah, weird. I mean, it's the whole reason why Geico's uh, little guy. fucking mascot is that, is that likable lizard guy. Uh -huh. Because people, oh my God, he's funny. And like, I can relate to him. He's a lizard who, like, if they just put a regular gecko who didn't talk or didn't, no one would give a fuck about him. Right. It's because they, uh, what is the word? Humanized. Yeah, it's another word for that. But yeah, basically humanized. They anthropomorphized. Yeah, see, I don't have your vocabulary. 
<laughs> because they anthropomorphized that lizard and they made him clever and funny and, you know, whatever, people now relate to him and they're like, oh, yeah, I could save 15% in a 15-minute conversation with Geico. And right, that kind right. Of thing. I think because we're, for the most part, trying to sell this movie to Tucsonans, we have a great opportunity to just actually go out and connect with Tucsonans and get them to like you and get, more importantly, get them to like your movie. Right. I mean, I think that's a really great approach as opposed to just trying to take up ad space or just trying to throw stuff out there. Right. I definitely don't want to spend time and money on something that's just going to be not received at all. Right. So, I mean, you know, 2,000 copies is kind of a large number. Yeah. But I don't know if I can achieve that through online marketing. No. I need to have a human connection to some sort of fan base. Right. That will want to purchase the movie and watch it and tell me how they liked it or didn't like it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that all goes, we have a, um, we have the mummy going around who, I mean, this goes without saying has to be a very personable and likable person. Right. We can't have just some asshole in the, in the suit that'll do more harm to your movie than it will. Good. Okay. Yeah. So, we have this person going around and it needs to become like an inundated thing where, you know, people are taking Snapchats with them, taking Instagram photos, hashtagging all our stuff. And then we say that we're having this release party and, you know, we have this many limited spots. Right. Whatever. Maybe at first, first wave, we're, uh, we only are giving out spots with a, uh, with a presale. Okay. You know what I mean? We get as much juice out of that first squeeze as we can. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, and and obviously I can't just like, you know, <laughs> it's it's putting us in a delicate situation, me saying this live, because or not live, but me saying this recorded, because it, people will hear that and know that all they have to do is wait. But the idea is, is we can kind of make, uh, that's another way of creating scarcity. We only have a limited amount of spots of people we can bring to this event, which of course is not true because we want as many people to be there as possible. Of course, of course. I mean, um, I did read somewhere that if you have like a pre-sale window for mm-hmm. your movie yeah, and as soon as it goes live and everybody has purchased their mo- your movie, basically on the same day as soon as that movie goes live, it helps with the ranking and the algorithms on the iTunes and helps like you like this movie. You might like this. Right. It would help with all that kind of stuff, which exactly. is good. But yeah, so the plan is, I guess with the street marketing to go out on ventures with the mummy, right? Real life mummy with people, right? Taking pictures. And then the second part of it is this release party that we've been talking about. Mm hmm. And it's going to be a release slash pre-sale party right? where we can. So the plan is we go to a bar, right? a bar with fancy cocktails, fancy cocktails. We mark the cocktail up to like 12 bucks, right? 13 bucks, 14 bucks, which is not unreasonable considering that the place that uh, I just started working that shall remain nameless has uh, cocktails that are. $13 $13 that don't even have a movie attached to them. Wow. <laughs> so that's the second part of the $14 drink is that it would include a pre-sale copy of the movie for the digital download. Right. So you get a code to download it. And that would be the party. Yeah. Get people to buy these drinks. They would get a copy of the movie. It'd be a fun night. It sounds like a fun night. It, it'll be a fun night. I mean, yeah, I, that's that's kind of the great part about it is that 
the people who this is not normally part of their wheelhouse, uh, going to a bar for a release party, whatever, we can kind of make it, we can figure out a way to kind of string those people in as well, like kind mm-hmm. of make it as large as we can. The idea is to ensure as much as we can from our targeted sort of audience and from there diversify. If you just kind of do like a blanket approach or what they call the shotgun approach, you're going to end up missing a whole lot of targets. Right. So I think that that's, that's kind of more focusing on your key demographic is people who, you know, are downtown interested in you know movies and like local things that sort of stuff especially for tying it in with a local bar i mean a local bar that makes their own spirits right and bitters and bitters so could I not mean, say more about the bitters nothing more tucson than i think something like this right exactly and i think that's kind of the appeal to it you know what i mean we we have to make it something that's super desirable like that like if we have this uh Gorilla, non-gorilla marketing method. Uh, street marketing? Street marketing? Is that what we're calling it? I don't know. How, if do, we feel, have how this, do you feel about it? Well, I think it's great. Okay. But if we have this street marketing method where we have this uh, mummy going out and you whatever, it'll become a thing. Like um, when I went to uh, U of A, there was this guy called the fake businessman. Do you know what I'm talking about? Which one? The fake businessman? No. Okay, so there's this guy we you would always see around campus um, who was walking around with a briefcase. In fact, I think you and I saw him recently when we went to the U of A library, but I might be wrong. You might have seen him and didn't say anything. Yeah, he's just this guy who just wanders around and he has a briefcase with him always, but he doesn't actually go anywhere and he doesn't do anything. He Interesting. The point is, is that he that's like an ins- that's a thing at U of A. Like that's a thing. People know about it, and lots of people, you know, recognize it. Uh-huh. So we need to go out with this mummy guy enough such that a lot of people it becomes a popularized thing. Like, oh my god, you didn't see him? We were at Congress. Where were you? You weren't there, right? That sort of thing. <clears throat> All of a sudden, he's inviting people to a party, scarce, quote unquote, a party. VIP party. A VIP party. No bottle service, though. People want to go. People want to get pictures with this guy. People want to do this thing. It's it's creating kind of a way to generate people without even asking right. people to go to your movie release. People are going to go to your movie release. Right. So we're... So, I, I don't know. I think this approach is definitely less Hollywood. D- yeah. This is all outside of Hollywood. This is, you know... I can't mark this movie like if if Brendan Fraser was the mummy in the movie, I could say, hey, mark this like Hollywood marked this movie. But because it's just a bunch of Tucson people that we made in a Tucson area with a bunch of Tucson crew, it's a lot harder to market it that same way. With all the respect I can give to Brendan Fraser, I think you would have a hard time at this point in time marketing he had a, Brendan he had Fraser a, mummy movie. He had a good run. He had a good run. Yeah, I miss Brendan Fraser. Oh boy, I miss him. But no, but but coming up with this idea of, of this different approach, this more anthropomorphized. Yeah. What humanoid? What was it? Um, I, it was anthropomorphized, but anthropomorphized approach where we're making a Geico lizard, basically, right? For this product that a I made, likable, a likable person that people can relate to. Yeah, and it's not. Hey, everybody, buy my movie. It's available on Friday. Right. It's like no one clicks on that. Right. 
Nobody cares. People like it. They're like, oh, good job. You have a movie on iTunes. That's so cool. But having that connection or someone to connect to is definitely more helpful on this indie scale, on this. Oh, yeah. 100%. This. I don't want to say grassroots. Yeah. That's like guerrilla marketing. Right. Guerrilla marketing, grassroots, it's like they're, they're buzzwords that now mean something opposite. You know, they, right. Now those are being targeted to like, oh, this is some uh, farm-to-table cold brew. Uh, My name's Ira Glass. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Like it would have a nice nose. Yeah. And tickle, tickle the palate. Right. Just, just right. Just so. Just so. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, in a, in a sort of general sense, that's kind of the direction that I think the marketing plan for this movie should go. Obviously, like, we're not stupid. We need to put stuff out on social media and do a kind of digital way of advertising as well. Of course, but also on that pl- those platforms, we can still do little commercials, little skits, little something or other. Yeah, exactly. With I, the- I think um, a, a good way to go about that, in, in a sense, is to really introduce the actors who are in it, because they're all likable people, for right. the most part. For the most part. <laughs> and uh, they're all likable people, and kind of like see... You know, any 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 kind of footage you have outside of that, maybe a whole, like, if you have a small reel of, like, fuck-ups and stuff like that, people love that. Like, Right. So while we were filming the movie, we didn't really have a behind-the-scenes crew. Right, yeah. And there might be some outtakes, but not really. It'll be all Greg just yelling really loud. Yeah. He's a loud guy. And then us telling him, this, not so loud, Greg. And then he got to talk really loud. And they're like, come on, Greg. Come on. Work with us. Yeah. But uh, Benita did a great job. So we don't have a lot of like on set stuff. So we would have to create new content. Interesting. Well, yeah. So then we can create some new content. Um, we can uh, did. And this is kind of going outside of the scope. But did you end up obtaining the rights to the music? That yes. You did. Yes. Beautiful. I mean, we can kind of given their permission on those rights and all that kind of stuff, we can kind of put something like that together. I know you have some footage that's not, like you have a main trailer. Right. Right? There's two trailers. And then you have some other little bits and snippets that would, you know, maybe go out, oh, check out, like, all the music for this movie was done by local band XYZ, and then, you know, whatever, you can put those two together. And that's, like, another way of pitching your movie, but also... you know, kind of making it more music forward so it's not necessarily like buy my movie. Right. That sort of thing. I mean, you have a lot of, uh, you have multiple approaches about going towards that. But, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, you can do fun, creative stuff when you're trying to sell your movie. Yeah. I mean, it might feel weird to say, oh, selling my art just doesn't feel right, but it doesn't have to feel cold and calculated. And you can make it humanized and warm and you can attract people with it and you can connect with people. So it's not, you know, putting a poster up on Facebook saying, buy this now. Yeah. I think what a lot of people are afraid of is that they're afraid of becoming the next uh, sort of door-to-door salesman, you know, where even if you're doing it digitally, all you're doing is spraying and praying and, you know, kind of hoping like knock, knock, knock. Mm -hmm. 
hey, I'm selling this movie. Will you buy this movie? You know, whatever. I think a lot of people are afraid of that. But if you make it into something different, if you make it a labor of love, something like that, where it's like, you know, I'm trying to create something for this community and being, you know, bringing in these kind of actors and bringing this kind of a movie together in, you know, Tucson. I don't think a whole lot of people make movies here. They do. But you just don't hear about it. Well, I mean, in terms of, like, that's the charm of local movies. Of course people make movies here, but, like, uh, I think even that movie, uh, it was a movie with Steve Coogan. I'm forgetting what it is. Hamlet 2? Hamlet 2. Was that actually filmed in Tucson, or no. did they just say it? Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. They just said it was. Right. They did a lot of trash talking of Tucson. Yeah. Anyway, so the point. But they filmed it in New Mexico. Oh, okay. Like the, um, like the movie Goat. With David Duchovny? I don't know if you've heard of that one. I just got on the David Duchovny train. I just started watching Californication. But there was a... um, It's it's based in Tucson, but they filmed a lot of it in New Mexico because... uh, Film incentives. Yeah. But they did do some here because we're the only state that has saguaros. Oh. Like legitimate saguaros. Or the Southwest, specifically. Right. Right. Well, so... That's kind of what I mean, is that, you know... It is something to be celebrated, and I think it is something a lot of people want to be a part of. All we're doing is giving them a chance to be a part of it. Right. I mean, that's something people want to buy into for sure. Right. Did you uh, hear about this movie, uh, Logan Lucky? Is it Logan Lucky or Lucky Logan? Lucky Logan Lucky. That's the the NASCAR movie, right? With uh, James Bond and Yeah, Daniel Craig and um, Adam Driver. And then Uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, yeah. They um they tried doing something similar to this, but I think they left out the human part. They uh, they didn't ha- distribute the movie through classic means of distributing the movie. Hmm. They hired like a marketing firm. And they paid them super low amount of money so they could put the movie out there minus the movie Hollywood marketing budget, which okay. is usually the same price of the movie. Okay. And I don't think it did that well. Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. But I also only saw like trailers for it. I mean, what was the other approaches that they were taking? Just not doing what Hollywood would have would have done with it. Hollywood would have done with it. <laughs> but but I mean, so look at a movie I feel, like I feel um, like that's that's kind of one of those things where it's like you're so focused on not doing what Hollywood would have done that did you even come up with an idea of something that you should do that's outside of that? Right. Or was the whole approach that like, oh, we're not marketing this like a Hollywood movie? It's like, okay, so are you just not marketing it at all? And that's what it seems like happened. Interesting. You know. So I feel like we're not doing that here. Right. We're coming up with a solid plan. We're not going to not market it. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. No, I mean it's but, it's a valid it's a valid point that we want to make sure that we're not like resting on our laurels and being so stuck on like oh we're not Hollywood that we just decide to do nothing I and mean, we still absolutely have to do something. We still have to put on the work. We still have to right find our audience and make sure this character gets in front of them that they want to connect to. Yeah, absolutely. So make them want to watch the movie. Make them want to buy the movie. Right. Yeah. And the boys' nights t-shirts that we're going to make yeah that's golden cut it print it sell it i'm pretty sure that already exists really i don't know i'm going to google it right now all right well if you uh i think we should watch the movie and we should parse it specifically for catchphrases that are i know them off the top of my head you do yeah rattle some of those gems off for me uh be supreme live the dream be supreme live the dream 
That's got to be a Greg line. It was. Yeah, I thought so. I can't Google and talk at the same time. I know. Yeah, you're, you're terrible. Uh, there's some kids' books. That's thing. how I know you're over 30. Stop. <laughs> no, I don't. Wow, there's like some weird shirts. Five Nights at Freddy's? Five Nights at Freddy's? Why does that sound familiar? I don't know. What is that? I'm sure I'm like sounding old now. I don't know what. It looks like a bunch of Teddy, like robotic animals that you used to when I was a kid. Uh We'd go to like Chuck E. Cheese, and Chucky would come out and play like the guitar and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Look at at this weirdness that's happening. What does this have to do with Boys Night? I googled Boys Night's T-shirts, and that's what popped up. I'm surprised you didn't just get really weird pornography. I have a filter on my phone. Oh. Okay. And it saves those in a special folder. Right. So I can watch them on my computer. Got it. Forward thinking right there. That's how I know you're going to be a great director. I am a great director. I've already directed. Oh, right. Oh, my goodness. Totally. I didn't mean to sound pretentious there. Point being, I think I think we're on to something a little bit different here, which different does not always equal good, but in this application, I think different equals better. Oh, I like that. Yeah. All right, so we've got phase one, establish a firm release date. Phase two is a two-prong approach. Correct. Of online digital marketing and street marketing Correct. where we go out in person. Right. I think Tucson is the perfect landscape for that. Los Angeles, you've reached a saturation on that. Mm. There are enough wackos on the street trying to pitch their own shit. No one gives a fuck anymore. Right. Tucson, you can do that. We are we are members of the community. You know, it's it's not it's not oversaturated. It will be novel. It'll be unique. Uh-huh. So what was the next step in your marketing plan? Well, after that approach, after we're going to be, you know, kind of peppering things online with interesting content that people will want to watch, subscribe to, et cetera, um, and after we are kind of hitting the streets, which will happen a, a multiple amount of times, we have to make sure we reach the maximum amount of people as we can physically with that. Um, then we want to really kind of ramp things up and build it towards this um, release party. Mm-hmm. So our shift or our focus shifts from originally when we start doing this, it'll be like, Oh, Hey, did you hear we've got this movie coming out? Here's the release date. You can buy it on iTunes, iTunes and Amazon, iTunes and Amazon. Right. So that's originally our focus. Our focus will then shift to, Oh my God, we're getting such a big, you know, response that we're actually having this release party here locally in town. Um, it will be on this date, yada, 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 pre-sale, boom. Okay. Then we actually have the release party, and then our shift goes back into, uh, hey, you can buy our movie here at, you know, oh, wow, like, we, we have so much, like, documented footage. We need to have a behind-the-scenes person there, for sure. Right. We should do one of those, uh, you know, when they have, like, the camera after the preview screenings, and they have people like, oh, we love this. We should have something similar to that. Yeah, I mean, we'll put our we'll put a touch on that. We'll work that out. That's just an idea. Yeah, it's a safe space. We can say things. Yeah, <laughs> out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's an idea. It's an idea. It's a, it's a good idea. That too. I would I would go out on a limb and say that. 
But yeah, I mean, basically being very malleable, being very personable, being very honest. Mm-hmm. I think those are key ingredients to like movie campaigns that you don't see ever. You know, um, I, I mean, recently I haven't even, I haven't been excited about a movie in years, but that's probably because I'm dying inside. Right. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I think the idea is to really kind of connect with someone, you know, on a, on a near personal level, which obviously something about a story will do that or something, you know, whatever we're doing it in multiple different aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we also have, you know, some extra, uh, sale value down the line, you know, after we, we're going to try and hit the bulk obviously during our release date and the week before week after. Right. But this kind of thing, we can, we can, keep advertising for it, you know, a little bit later after that. It won't be that much longer that it's Valentine's Day. We can pitch it all over again. Right. We'll do a discounted match.com. Yeah. Commercial. I kind of like where your head's at. I did one of those for the Kickstarter project. Has it been released? Uh, It's on YouTube. It doesn't have that many views. Uh, Pull it and we'll resend it. Okay. Because that's exactly what happened. Um, uh, we did a we did a short together, uh-huh. you and I, um, where I for some reason was acting in it. It was a poor casting choice. No, it was fine. Okay, um, <laughs> it's anyway. a fine choice. Fine choice. It was a fine choice. Fine choice. Yeah, I was, I was wondering: is it, uh, are you saying it was just fine, or are you saying it was a fine choice? I needed to add the accent, right? Of the, course, that my accent was terrible. Um, you know, that was me fishing for that. I definitely would that. Normally I say I wasn't no. fishing for that. There, I don't think it could, we can play this back and it was definitely... Anyways, um, but the point being is that I discovered that, you know, the first time I didn't want to seem cloying or I didn't want to see like pressuring or anything like that. So I just, when it released, I just threw it up on the Instagram, on Facebook, and I was just like, hey, I was in this movie. It was great. You know, watch it. Uh-huh. And that was it. And then... A long time later, I just post like a little clip of it and talk about like, oh man, what a like great experience or like, what a, I forget exactly what I said. And I got a way more massive response. And that was because I didn't just post a picture and post a link to the movie uh-huh. and be like, hey, watch this if you want. Nobody's going to go through two steps to whatever. No. On the first step of the other one, if I had a link attached to that one, I'm sure we would have gotten way more views. Because on the first step, people saw a snippet of the content that they were that was in the movie. And that is what got people interested. Not just me saying I was in a movie. Right. And here's where you can watch it. They actually saw a snippet of it and they therefore could have quality assurance over what it was. They knew they wanted to see it. They knew it was interesting. They knew it was action-packed and awesome. Exactly. And had a very handsome star. Super handsome. Yeah. Handsomest star I've ever worked with. Right. I'm very glad you said so. I agree. Um, The point being that... Now, why was I talking about this in terms of... Oh, yeah. Perfect. If we have these little adverts or these little, you know, things that will immediately play, people will get assurance that your stuff is good. Right. I think that's definitely a direction to go. Awesome. So this is our... Three prong approach. <laughs> it could it, we can keep getting we keep prongs. adding prongs to it. I don't know. I feel like these three prongs are pretty uh, solid. They're very grounded. I guess yeah. you would say in the electrical cord world. 
totally. You know, you get grounded electrical cords. The yeah. one with the the little third third there's, prongs. There's three holes in the sockets, and then there's the two skinny ones and the round one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the ground. No, I agree. I, I think that this is a way better way to kind of prop up your movie as opposed to just like, hey, we're making a movie. Watch it here, buy it here, et cetera, et cetera. I think if we end up doing something for the community, the community wants to do something for us. Right. I think that, um, again, going back to evolutionary biology, there's kind of a natural law of reciprocity there. Too many big words today. Sorry. So anyway, so just to recap, three-prong approach. Set, affirm, date, release yes. date. Yes. I mean, having a deadline is always good. I always work better with deadlines. Yeah, me too. If I don't have a deadline, I'm unstructured and I get nothing done. Prong number two. Figure out your online platforms, what con- content you're putting on your digital platforms, your digital audience. you got to figure all that out. Right. Figure it out. Develop content for that. Prong number three. Street marketing. Yep. Going out in person, going out with the character, connecting with real life people in person. Right. Driving them towards an event, uh, a link, a hashtag, a Snapchat. Making people feel as though they are a part of selling this movie. Right. That makes it different than anything else. All right. Well, I feel we have a lot of homework to do. We got a grip of shit to get through, yeah. So, thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. Tune in next week where hopefully we'll talk about something just as exciting (laughs) and twice as many uh, compliments for Atisha's looks and talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm a horrible compliment monster. All right, we'll see you next time.